day this past week, and I was so upset with my husband because I wanted to get up in the morning early, and I had my own agenda. And a lot of the times, we all have our own agendas, right? And so I was so upset with him. I was like, why didn't you wake me up? I'm like, I wanted to get up and get dressed and go. I had lots of things to do. I had like a whole list of things to do. And the Lord, the Lord like, he, he got in my face that morning, and he says, don't be mad and don't be upset. He says, I have you here. And then I had to calm down. <laughs> and then I had to listen to God, right? <laughs> so what I thought was going to be in my day and my time, the Lord told me, Mm-mm. this is not about you and your agenda. This is about me. So today's message is going to be called the turning of times. And <clears throat> we all try to cr- create these schedules and these things we have to do on a daily basis But God right now is being very strategic. We're at a very strategic time with the Lord. And the Lord is really giving out specific marching orders to his bride right now. He's being very detailed and he's giving you specifics so you won't get blindsided by the enemy anymore. And he's speaking really loudly. That morning, I just, I wanted to go get things done, and um, I was sitting there with my laptop open. I was like, okay, well, I can, you know, I can sit here, and I can worship God, and I can get work done on my computer. You know, if I'm going to be at home, I'll just work from my computer. I don't have to go to my office. And the Lord got in my face again, and he says, shut the computer down. And I was like, okay, Jesus. You know, when your father speaks, you listen. And so I got my computer laptop, and I just went like this. And I just sat there. And I said, okay, Lord, I know what you're telling me. I got to become like Moses and say, here I am, Lord. What do you want? And so I sat there that day, and I just shut my eyes, and I said, okay, you got my 100% full attention now. And it just so happened that Everybody was gone that day from my home, and I didn't have any distractions. He set it up for me so perfect, and he knew. And so I'm sitting there, and I have my eyes closed, and I'm just, like, waiting for him. And so many times we want to hurry up and be rushed, and we don't know how to wait for him. There's a sacrifice in the waiting. And the majority of us don't know how to wait. We want to hurry up and make something happen and hurry up and be on the schedule and hurry up and do the things we think we need to do, that they're important. But they're not nearly as important as your time with him. So I sat there and I just waited on him, and this love came in the room that was so overwhelming. And his love came in, and I just began to weep and cry. And I couldn't help inside of me just to tell him how much I loved him back. And I just started to cry out to him, and I said, God, I love you so much, God, that it doesn't matter what I have in my hands. It doesn't matter what I have around me, my car, my, my, my belongings, everything belongs to you. 
It's all yours, God. I, I don't need any of it, God. You can take it all away, and I'll still be head over heels in love for you, God. Even in the wilderness, even in the desert times of my life, I will sit there and only need you. You will be my water when I'm thirsty. You will be my food of manna when I'm hungry. You are my everything. And I remember just sitting there and I could, I could, um, I told my husband, I said, I literally smelt the presence of the Lord that morning. And I could smell the robe of his presence walk in the room. And he says, that's all I wanted. All I wanted was your time. That's all I wanted was your time. I am the time. I created time. I am time. And you need to be on my time. You need to align yourself with my watch, with my clock. I got a watch the other day, and the watch says, take a breath. And I'm like, that's crazy that our society needs a watch to tell us to take a breath. What does that tell you? Look, I'm just being real. And I literally do it. I'm like, yes, sir, uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm taking a breath, Lord. And I started to change it. I'm like, God, I'm taking a breath of you, God. If that's what you gave me this thing for, to stop my busyness of my day, to not forget to breathe, to not forget to take all of him in in my busy schedule, then that's what I need because he always gives you what you need. He's funny with me like that. He, he, makes, he brings me lots of joy. Lots and lots of joy. I'll tell you how funny he is. I'm sitting there right before I came up, and, and uh, <laughs> this is like a pet peeve of my husband, but when I first started ministry, my thing was to chew gum. And he's a media person. So chewing gum on this camera, hello all of you. He hated it. <laughs> and he told me, whatever you do, please spit out your gum before you go up because all I see is chopping every time you go up to minister. <laughs> we're, we're just keeping it real, right? <laughs> Husbands and wives, you know you'll have your things together. <laughs> so this morning I'm sitting there, and I never do this because of that reason. But I put a piece of gum in my mouth this morning. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and the Lord just cracks me up. And he says, you have gum in your mouth. And I just busted out laughing. And the Lord told me, he says, you be you. He says, you be you. You go up there. Whatever, whatever. And I hadn't done that in, like, years. And so I knew that the Lord <laughs> was going to... I know he's going to do something this morning. And I know it's like silly to you, but that's just me and my relationship with God. We have fun like that. But he just cracked me up and touched my heart, and I was just like, oh, my God, you're making me laugh, Lord. You know, sometimes we have to laugh at situations in our lives and not be so serious all the time. So the other day, let me tell you, the Lord speaks to me, 
in really funny ways, and you'll get to know that about me. I'm not like a normal person where he comes like, thus saith God. He'll talk to me through like everyday simple things. And uh, <clears throat> I saw this cartoon the other day. And I always get this cartoon character name wrong, so forgive me if I get it wrong, but I got the name of the movie. And it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet, right? So I'm sitting there with my, with my sons and I'm watching it. And it, this cartoon spoke volumes to me because of the Lord. Because I filter everything through the Lord. Everything I hear, everything I see, I filter it through the Lord. And so I'm sitting there, and a part of the cartoon, he misses his best friend. So he's like, well, you know, this little girl goes into the internet. They go into the internet, which is crazy funny, and he goes to get a virus. And he goes, and he's like, okay, this virus is not going to kill my friend, right? And they're like, nah, it's not going to kill your friend. It's not going to hurt anybody, right? The lives of the enemy for the internet. It's not going to kill you. Get on the internet. Come on, let's go do some things. And, and, it, and it lured them in. And they got this virus. And the virus takes off and goes crazy. And nobody can control it. I really believe this is speaking volumes to our generation right now. And I took heed to this because it's my responsibility and my position as a leader to, to have a mandate for a whole generation. And as I began to see this cartoon, I saw the virus, and the virus was looking for people's insecurities. As, as soon as it found your insecurity, boom, you were marked, you were tagged, and it was coming after you. If you get on the internet right now, it logs everything of your interest. It keeps track of what you like to see, how you like to see it, and how much of it you watch of it. It keeps track of every single thing. And when you come back, it's waiting there to entice you. It's waiting there to, to come and bring you in even deeper into that thing. It's trying to put a virus in your temple, in your system. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching this cartoon and I'm like, oh my God. You know, I watched this, uh, this talk show the other day. This lady had come out and she was spending thousands of dollars of shopping. Because, you know, there, you think of this virus and you're like, oh, well, you know, that's sinful stuff. You know, it's just the sin, the lust, the pornography. Um, you know, it's stuff like that. No, sin is sin if it takes over your time with God. And this one lady was going on there spending thousands of money buying clothes on there. It was so bad that her husband was going broke because he was working so hard to provide for her to have everything she wanted in the natural that it was breaking up their marriage. And every time she went on that internet, she wasn't going into the shopping store. She was going on the internet to buy some expensive clothes. This is just one of the outlets because we think that sin always comes with, with nastiness and ugliness. But let me tell you, this virus is looking for your insecurity. If you need fancy clothes to make you feel better about yourself, if you need fancy shoes, whatever it is that your insecurity is, it's looking for it. 
and it comes and it targets you, and then all of a sudden these pop-up ads come up. Hey, look at me. For so-and-so amount today, you can get this, and we'll throw in that. By the time you know it, you're a member of this page. You don't even remember even logging on to it, and then you're buying things from there. You're entertaining those thoughts that are coming through there, and you're allowing the virus to come and tag itself to your insecurity. And it's coming after a whole generation. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, that's the assault of the enemy right now. It is coming through the internet. You know that kids, they will have conversations more with people on the internet than they will with people in their own house? There's a problem with that. And the Lord was showing me that the other day. This generation is becoming very antisocial. And they're closing themselves up in their rooms. And we don't see them all day. But yet they're having a conversation with somebody in Korea, with somebody in Africa, with somebody in some other state. Having full access to them to feed them and give them whatever they want. And guess what? The enemy is using it. He's having the girls and the guys connect together in, in each other's insecurities. And guess what? You're coming to them for counseling. You're coming to them to get what they think about you instead of what God thinks about you. Matthew 6.22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. What are you filling your eyes with this morning? Maybe it's not the internet. Maybe it's another way. But whatever you're filling your eyes with, it could be magazines. It could be trash mail and your mail coming to your door. Whatever it is you're filling yourself with, that's what your body becomes. <clears throat> John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose is to still kill and destroy. That's what this virus did on the cartoon. It was, it was planted there to kill, to destroy whatever it encountered in, in that part that it was insecure in. It says, my, and then it says, and John says, he says, my purpose, the Lord's purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life, quite the opposite than what the enemy is enticing this generation with. Let's go and turn to John 10.10, because I really feel that all of us need to be here right now. Let me know when you get there. I wanted to read part of it, and God's like, no, they need to hear it all. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I am learning to submit, let me tell you. After that day, I said, yes, sir. I will do what you say to do. It says, the good shepherd and his sheep. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheep field, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come, on, they come, for him, they come on to him. He calls his own sheep by their name and leads them out. 
After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, and they will run from him because they, because they don't know his voice. There's a lot of strangers coming out from different places towards this generation, and they're all calling on our young ones right now. And it says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what it meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me, there were thieves and robbers. When I read that part, I was like, you know, I saw that as the religious mindset. Because it goes on to read, it says, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and, there isn't their, and it isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. This is happening in ministries, I'm telling you the truth. You need to know who you're taking counseling from. You need to know who's speaking. What voice are they hearing from? What are they releasing? What are they saying? Is it coming from the shepherd himself? You need to know his voice for yourself. It's the intimacy with God. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep, too, that are not in their sheepfold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is us going out to get the lost, to come in, to know his voice, to catch wind of his voice. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. And when he said these things, the people again divided in their opinions about him. There's a lot of opinions right now about what God is doing everywhere around the world. Some said he was demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon, but can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is what this generation is looking for. They understood who the shepherd was by the demonstrating power that he walked in that they can distinguish that it came with demonstration that he healed the blind and they knew his voice because they had relationship with him that the, the other people couldn't come in to rob and steal. The enemy couldn't come in and rob and steal from them any longer. 
This is where God has us this very moment. This is the strategic part of what God wants to do for this season, that we know his voice. There's such a disturbance in the body of Christ right now. I, I, you know, it's so crazy, but it's, this generation feels like, like they have, um, that they're okay and they have so much power that the enemy can never come and try to get to them. They feel that way because they have a lot of things inside of them that are amazing and they're very calling of what they're called to, to have the voice to bring change. Their call to the nations has, has been brought a disturbance in that area. And the enemy's coming in the same way. Jesus comes to you in dreams and visions, right? He comes to you because you hear his voice, but the enemy is coming the same way as the Lord is trying to come. And we have to distinguish who's God and who's not. What is of the Lord and what is not of the Lord? Since the enemy is fixed on a place of our insecurities, that, that is the access point right there. Looking to see where we are weak in our thoughts, in our past hurts, in our wounds. If you don't have your identity in Christ and know who truly God is, he's going to come in through your identity. He's going to send things that are the counterfeit to entice you, and you'll take it in because you're so desperate for it. You're so desperate for love. You're so desperate for, for certain things in your life that you will, you will fall for the counterfeit so quickly because of an insecurity inside yourself. Insecurities, most feel insecure sometimes, but some of us feel insecure most of the time. The kind of childhood you had, past traumas, recent experiences of failure or rejection, loneliness, social anxiety, that speaks a lot of this generation. Negative beliefs about yourself, perfection, uh, being a perfectionist, or having a critical parent or spouse can contribute to insecurity. And that's how the lies are coming in that we're agreeing with. That day when I spent time with the Lord, the one thing he told me is, I'm jealous for you. I don't want to share you with anybody or anything. Exodus 34, 14, it says, For you shall not worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. That's the NLT. It translates to the word zealous. And these words have the same root and shows God's character and visually guarding what is his. You belong to him. He is trying to guard you. He is trying to visually keep his eye on you to make sure, because he is the good shepherd, that he's making sure that no wolves are going to come in to kill and destroy his sheep right now. Psalms 139, 17, 18. Wait a minute, I'm going to go back to that. I was walking in the mall the other day, and I saw this uh, hourglass. And it was such a beautiful hourglass, and I was like, oh, that would look cool for the church, right? <laughs> and, I, and I'm looking at it, and I saw the sand inside of it. 
And as I'm looking at it and it's catching my eye, I see the Lord's hand come and I saw him just as the last part of the sand was about to go into it. The Lord came and turned the hourglass away uh, around to restart it. And I really believe right now that when we get ourselves on the timing of the Lord in certain areas and situations where we thought we had run out of time in that situation, or maybe we felt like we missed it, the Lord is coming with the hourglass and he's turning it around through grace and through mercy. And he's saying, I'm turning it around. I'm turning, my hand has come to turn it around right before the last part of the sand came in. Look what it says about the sand in Psalms 139, 17, and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. When you look at the sand, there's, no, there's not enough sand. If you've ever been to a beach and see that sand, there's not enough sand. His thoughts towards you. It just, you'll never figure it out. Genesis twenty-two seventeen. It says, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemy. Right now, the enemy thinks he won. He thinks that he has occupied gates. And I started to see gates the other day. I had an encounter. I guess we were here like four months into us moving to Ohio. And I had an encounter in this room because back then we would come in here just to pray and to worship. And I had an encounter in this room. And the Lord began to remind me of that this morning. And I really, really feel in my spirit that I need to share it this morning because of the turning of the times that we're in, specifically for right now. As we grow in intimacy with the Lord and we learn the, the, the shepherd's voice and we take heed to his voice, strategically he's going to tell us exactly what to do and how to do it. And we don't have to go looking for uh, things in the wrong places any longer. We're going to draw from the well of his goodness and come to him specifically to ask him certain things we have questions about. And curiosity cannot run you anymore because he's going to direct you where to go, how to get there. And so I'm standing here one day and I go into this encounter with the Lord and, I, and I'm just worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, I begin to see the region of Ohio. And I began to see the enemy's army. And I began to see how the enemy was coming. And they were like, I mean, they look like so demonic. And I'm just being transparent of what I saw because you need to know that it's real and that it exists. But I will tell you the rest because it's amazing how powerful the kingdom of God is. And so I saw this army and they were marching. And every time they marched the enemy, they were all together in unity. The total counterfeit of what the, the, what the kingdom of God is supposed to be. 
So they come and they're walking and they're walking and they're walking and they're walking towards the gates. Remember, we shared about the gates of our eyes, right? Whatever we see, whatever we feed them, this is part of why it's important, of what we feed our, our gates. So the enemy comes and he's standing there and they, they're almost about to make it to the gates. And I plead with Jesus because I'm in the spirit through this encounter. And I'm like, Lord, please no. Don't let them get to the gates, Lord. Whatever you do, Lord, don't let them reach the gates, Lord. Please, Lord, your grace and your mercy, please send the armies of heaven, the kingdom of God, send it quickly to occupy the gates because the enemy cannot get to those gates. And I remember crying out to the Lord that day and, and asking him to intervene and to come in quickly. And I'm telling you, as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I began to see the heavens begin to open up that night in this place. And I began to see the angelic dispatched. And I saw these huge angels that were bigger than the demonic things. And they came in swiftly in the air. And they began to take, take hold of the gates. And they came and they repaired the gates. And they came and they locked the gates up. And all of a sudden, I see these powerful angels of heaven come and take the gates and stand in front of them and stand like this. And there was only one, like one angel at each gate. But the enemy had no, no time. They had to stop. They literally stopped inches before they could get to the gates. And they didn't have a choice. Because all of heaven, the authority of heaven, came in so fast that what the enemy thought he could have, what the enemy thought he had wanted to get to those gates of even us, he couldn't win. He lost. The timing of the Lord is perfected. It's perfection. He's never too early. He's never too late. He's always on time. Every single time. All the time. Don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen when you want it to happen. I really believe he's going to start messing with our schedules like he did to me this past week. And he's going to tell you, hey, hunger needs to arise inside of you. You know what he was telling me in worship this morning? He goes, hunger awakens your heart. If you've lost your hunger for the Lord, if you've lost your intimacy to be with him and other things are coming greater, the enemy comes in very forms and he dresses himself up real pretty through the internet, through these things that are all around us. And the Lord is saying right now, look, I'm trying to give you strategy. I'm trying to come in and I'm not going to let the enemy devour you. Listen to my voice. Seek my face. I'm about to come in and I'm about to destroy the enemy on your behalf. Just wait. You're going to have victory. And I just began to hear, like, I really feel we need hunger right now. We're not hungry enough for the things of God. And we're trying to fill those voids with other things. We're trying to fill the emptiness in our hearts. We're trying to fill... The, the, the emptiness of our schedules and of our day with other things that do not matter. They don't matter to God. And he's trying to wake us up to be hungry again for him. 
that we come thirsty and hungry and nothing's going to satisfy and quench our thirst any longer. All the counterfeit stuff is not going to quench your thirst. It's not going to it's not going to feed you to the point where you're not hungry anymore. You're going to grow obese with the things he's trying to give you and never release them out of your mouth because the enemy shuts it every single time. Revelation was never for us to keep. It was always for us to release it out to the nations, release it out to the body of Christ. It was never for us to keep for ourselves that we would get obese with it. This morning as I was sitting there with the Lord, it was so good. Because the Lord right now is unlocking things. He's unlocking things for us to obtain this season. And I began to see a treasure box. And as I saw this treasure box of heaven, I heard the Lord say, it's to bless my kids with. And I began to hear the turning of the key in the treasure box. And you're thinking, well, how do we get that key? Luke 12, 34, it says, For where your treasure is, there, will, there your heart will be also. I'm going to ask you this morning, where's your heart at right now? Does he have your heart 100%? Because wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. If your heart is in the Lord and your heart is the things for the kingdom of God, the treasure's going to be there too. And you don't have to go on a search for it. You don't have to follow a map to go look for it. He's going to bring it to you. Matthew 6, 19, 21, it says, Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For your treasure there is where your heart is. We need to go after the treasures of heaven. They're real and they exist. The key is turning this morning. But can you hear it? Can you hear heaven this morning? I had to stop my day the other day, and God made sure of it because I was hearing everything else, but I couldn't hear him, and I had to hear him, not for myself, not for my family. I had to hear him for a whole generation that is being assaulted right now by things that do not matter, by things that are not going to give life to them. You know why this happens? I don't want to forget this part. You know why this, the enemy comes and lurks? See, he went through this too. Maybe you're in the wilderness right now and you haven't heard God much lately. Maybe you're growing weary and tired with the things of God. I wanted to read this out of the Passion Translation because I love the way it put it. Jesus was also tempted by the devil chapter 4 and it says afterwards the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness 
How many of you, even those online, feel like you've been in this wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing <laughs> and after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famined. He too was weak and famined. Some of you have been weak and famined and tired. Then the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. So he said to Jesus, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? That's what the enemy's been doing to us lately. Are you sure you heard God? Are you sure that was God that told you to move there? Are you sure it was God that told you to, to go do this? Are you sure it was God who spoke to you? I don't think you even hear God. I'm being honest. That's what's happening to the body of Christ right now. And so the devil goes and, and he does this to Jesus. And then it says, just in order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. And he answered the scriptures say, <laughs> I love that, the scriptures say, the sword of our truth, right? We got to bust out our swords sometimes. And slap the devil around with them. Bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Why do we need to hear his voice? Because it comes from his mouth. Then the accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and, and perched him at the highest point of the temple and said to him, if you're really God's son, doesn't that sound familiar? Jump and the angels will catch you, for it is written in the scriptures. He will command his angels to protect you, and they will lift you up so that way you won't even bruise your foot on a rock. And here comes Jesus again with the truth. Once again, Jesus said to him, the scriptures say, you must never put the Lord your God to a test. He's showing some authority right there. You need to say that to the enemy right now. It is written. And the third time the accuser lifted Jesus into the very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. Who's our splendor? Jesus, right? That's what we were singing about. You're the splendor. You're, you're the awesome one. God, awesome struck wonder. And, the, and then all these kingdoms I will give to you, the accuser said. If only will you kneel down before me and worship me. What a, what's become your worship? Whatever's taking most of your time has become your worship. If there's no balance in your timing between spending time with the Lord and being, like, being intimate with the Lord, then I'm going to tell you right now, some things have to change. We have some winds blowing out today. The winds of change are here. It's time for us to stop our busy schedules. Get intimate with the Lord so we know his voice. If you keep reading, it said, but Jesus said, go away, enemy. For the scriptures say, kneel before the Lord your God and worship only him. At once the accuser left him 
and angels suddenly gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. Every single time Jesus reminded the enemy of who he was and what God had already spoken in the word, the word of truth, the enemy, he would come with something else. And something else, did God say? Are you sure you're a child of God? He's been doing that to us way too much. And we need to begin to tell him the word, the truth. And guess what happens after we stand up for the truth? The angels of heaven came and took care of all of his needs. Whatever you're trying to figure out on your own for your needs, he's going to take care of them this morning. Stand up, rise up. Let's stand up right now. Let's just begin to rise up as kings and priests of the Most High this morning. The, the enemy has been trying to cut you down way too much. You know, if you keep reading that scripture, I think I have it on my phone. I don't have it on me. You can go look this up, though. But hope defer makes the heart sick, right? If you keep reading that scripture, it talks about the promises of God. And how the promises of God, when you begin to see them with your eyes, it brings life. They were talking about that earlier. What brings us life? The promises of God. That's what brings you life. He doesn't want you to be sick with hope deferred. He wants you to believe in him. Know that he's a good shepherd. Seek out his voice and intimacy. And know that you're in a place this season of strategic times that he's going to tell you exactly how to do it and exactly the timing of it. You know, when we first moved to Ohio, we're not farmers. We don't know anything about farming. We're city people. But I will tell you this, that I learned from the farmers being here. There's a specific timing for each seed that is embedded in that ground, for the ground to take that seed. There's a specific timing in the weather patterns the weather patterns have been crazy everywhere lately, all around the world. What is God saying? He's saying, get on my time. What you thought was supposed to be sunny is now going to be cold. What you thought was supposed to be cold is now going to be sunny. But if you're on my timing and you seek me out, I'm going to tell you strategically how to plant when it's going to come forth the seed and the promises of life are in that seed. He's the, he's the creator of time. The sands of time are in his hands. The turning of times is coming quickly. But we got to take keen to his voice to know the timing of it. God, we just thank you this morning, God. We thank you for every family in here, God. That every insecurity, God, that the enemy has come to lie to us about, God, we ask that you remove our insecurities this morning, God. If, we have, if we've been wounded, if we've been hurt, Whatever it is that we're still carrying, God, that doesn't look like you, God, that doesn't sound like you, God. God, we give it to you right now, God. We release it to you. We let it go to you, God. You're the timer. You're the timer. <laughs> you are the timer of all things, God. We align ourselves with your time this morning, God. That every seed, <laughs> Every seed that
that is in us, God, will flourish and blossom at its timing, God. No need for us to be discouraged because it doesn't look like the way we want it to look like, God. For your timing, God, has arrived. And we just take heed to your voice and the timing you have for us this season. And things, just as we read, God, <laughs> just as you were about to take on your ministry, God, the enemy came as the accuser, Lord. Many of you are about to enter into your ministry right now. The accuser has come. But I'm telling you, as soon as Jesus did that, the enemy fled. And let me tell you, if you keep reading in Matthew, it talks about how he went to the river to get baptized by John the Baptist. And his ministry started immediately after that. Immediately after that, he started walking the land and bringing healing and restoration to people. That's why the enemy's trying to come with all the counterfeit and all these other little things to distract you. He doesn't want you to step into the fullness of who you are. But he already did it for us, so we just have to agree with heaven this morning. God, we thank you, Lord. We come in thanksgiving unto your throne, God. Thank you, Jesus, for all you already did, God. All that you're going to do with each family, with each person in here, God. We speak that your purpose and your destiny from heaven, God, would fall upon them this morning, God. That you would open their eyes and open their ears this morning, God. Create hunger inside their bellies, God. Such hunger, God, that it drives them closer to you, God. It drives them closer to intimacy with you, God. That they begin to change their schedules around, shut things down that don't even matter, God. And they begin to seek your face again. Your gorgeous face, God. Your gorgeous face of glory, God. And they can encounter your glory this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.